This is my brother Alex. He's three years older than me, and uh, he likes sushi and long walks on the beach with his wife. <laughs> uh, so this is my uh, brother Stephen, and uh, he is an awesome brother. I have, God gave me two amazing brothers. Shannon's my older, Stephen's my younger, and we love doing ministry and movies together and raising our kids uh, down the street from one another. So right. it's, it's been a blessing to, uh, to have a, a good brother. So I'm an extrovert, so I love to be around people, and I get energized from being around people. Alex is more introverted. He's excellent with people, but he would rather go be by himself. Growing up, he would go to his room, lock the door, and uh, and would play with action figures and Star Wars characters, and he would be creating these stories and movies in his own mind. I would be bouncing around the house and then hiding under his bed and giggling at him while he's playing with Star Wars figures. So. He, he did those things, yeah. Steven's very savvy and very clever, which comes in handy when you're, when you're a producer. So we were allowed one popsicle a day during the summer. So mom buys the big box of popsicles, the bargain brand, right? And Steven takes half of them, hides them somewhere in the deep freezer. And so after the popsicles are gone, for some reason, he st- still keeps walking out of the garage where the freezer is with a new popsicle. And he said, well, I'm still eating my one a day. <laughs> I'm still eating my one a day. And my older brother and I were like, where are you getting? He must have had just the last one, where he had the last one for several days in a row. So uh, That was before I was really surrendered to Christ. So. <laughs> no, but I, I, will, I will say uh, uh, we, we had uh, a lot of adventures growing up. Um, we, we got in trouble mostly for the stunts we would do to get a shot on video, the mm-hmm. little movies we would make, jumping off of houses into swimming pools and, and mm-hmm. firing fireworks at each other mm-hmm. and things like that to get it on video. We thought it was very interesting. Uh, little did we know how dangerous it was and why it was so crucial that our parents were praying parents, That's and they right. were. So we were very grateful for praying parents. We The stunts that we did as kids, we talked about, we may spank our kids for doing these now. Yeah. If they were to do what we did back then. Uh, Back when we were younger, um, I remember there was a little home video we did called Running to Rest. And uh, our brother Shannon mounted our VHS camera on the front of a car, but he put it on a board that was poking out two or three feet outside of the car. So we, we filmed running over Alex, yeah. you know, because the board goes over him, and our parents were shocked. They thought the car had really run over Alex uh, when he was safe the whole time. But they were upset, but we kind were thinking, this is movie magic, you know, Mom, it's okay. But we were learning storytelling, filming, and editing back when we were young, not realizing fully what the Lord was going to be doing in the future. When our parents saw that we had um, an interest and even a love for storytelling and movie making, uh, they were concerned initially because most people involved in that would would try to find their way to Hollywood, and Hollywood was not known for much redemptive values. And so uh, they did something very wise. They asked the Lord to capture our hearts early on. Mm-hmm. So they they prayed and they said, God, would you do whatever it takes to, to keep the hearts of our sons tender toward you, that they'd be broken early that they would seek you early and that you'd mm-hmm. capture their hearts. And so it turns out the desire for storytelling was of the Lord, but it need to marinate. It need, it need to, to uh, process to the point where our mm-hmm. spiritual maturity caught up with it. And then we would say, Lord, we want to use this for your glory. So our parents prayed for that all along, even in our youth. So all the mm-hmm. silly movies we made, all the chase them down, beat them up stories and videos that we were so enamored with uh, ended up morphing into 
you know, fireproof and courageous, war room, and now overcomer, things like that. And, and so um, uh, the Lord put the seed of storytelling in us, but our parents were so wise to say, God, would you nurture that seed to blossom in the direction that you want? And uh, something that we now apply to our own kids, saying, God, capture the hearts of our kids early. That's right. My wife and I have six kids. Alex and his wife, Christina, have six children. Our oldest brother, Shannon, he and his wife have seven children. And so we've talked about we must have grown up in a happy home because we love family. And uh, in my family, with our kids, um, we've been so involved in their lives. But I look back to parenting is really placing your children in a river of influence. And you're wanting them to be following your example, that you're modeling the way, follow me as I follow Christ. You're praying over them, asking God to turn their hearts towards him. Uh, you're putting godly books, godly mentors, godly coaches, godly education in their lives. And, uh, and then you're asking the Lord uh, to do something great with their lives. You're dedicating them to the Lord. Ultimately, God alone can change the human heart. And when our children come to Christ, that is when we see the biggest change. Up until that point, it's really behavior modification. You know, so many parents are trying to get their kids to behave. But if our hearts are not transformed by the gospel, it's just superficial. It's, it's etiquette on the outside, but there's no transformation on the inside. It is so important that parents are not only modeling uh, the gospel with their lives, but they're praying for the Lord to draw their children to Christ. Because when Jesus changes their hearts and the Holy Spirit enters their hearts, that's when the real change is going to take place. I remember getting to the point in my own life growing up where I wanted to honor and obey my parents, not because of them, but because of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I wanted to please the Lord, and God was giving me a love and an honor and a respect for them that was from Him. So you will see in Scripture, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Do it because of the Lord, not because your parents have it all together. Mm-hmm. If we can help our kids begin to serve and follow and fear the Lord, God will shepherd them uh, beyond our control and into the future. And that's exactly where they need to be. Though there are many things I could say about fatherhood. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that uh, if I was talking to a group of men today, I would say, men, uh, not only is it crucial that you model your faith before God, and, and let your kids know you're not perfect. You know, they're going to figure that out on their own, uh, obviously. But through a sincere effort to say, uh, I, I recognize that God is my source of forgiveness. He is my source of redemption. And then um, when you're loving your kids, and if, if they know that you love them, they will listen to you. You know, we, we tend to be drawn to those that we believe love us the most. If they believe their peers love them more than their parents, they will listen to their peers more. But if they know you, mom and dad, you love me and that you want what's best for me, I see you praying for me and you're not living as hypocrites, then they will listen to you. So for me as a dad of six, I have to individually go to each of my kids and stay in touch with them, you know, and, and, and get into their world. Let them know I love them. I'm, I'm trying to guide them, mold them, and live a life that, that they could emulate. And I say, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I apologize when I need to apologize. But at the end of the day, when they know I love the Lord and that I love them, they listen to me. They come to me when they're struggling with issues. They say, Dad, would you pray for me about this? Or would you help me figure out the situation? And uh, for, for a parent to have their child's heart is so crucial. Because if you don't have their heart, it doesn't matter what wonderful knowledge you're trying to pour into them if they're constantly rejecting it. 
So one of the things that we see when parents do not have the heart of their child, their, their child will seek out the, the opinions, the influence from those that they believe love them the most. And often that's when they go off the path. So for me as a dad, and when I would tell other dads, you seek the Lord. Let your kids know how important it is the Lord is in your life. Then you love your kids where they know you love them. And then when you do that, they are much more prone to listen to you. It was very important to us growing up that our dad and mom had our hearts. And I, our father specifically pursued our hearts when we were growing up. If he made a mistake, if he hurt us, he would come to us and apologize. He would be guarding that heart-to-heart relationship. If you have your child's heart, you have their ear. And if you lose their heart, you lose their ear. Solomon says in Proverbs, My son, give me your heart and delight in my ways. He knew it was important because he grew up hearing the stories of his father David losing the heart of his older brother Absalom. And when David lost Absalom's heart, Absalom rebelled against him and ended up starting a civil war. 20,000 people died in battle because David lost the heart of his son. So Solomon knew it was so important to have his children's hearts. And he was saying, this is what my father taught me. But he would say, my son, give me your heart. Delight in my ways. I want to be close to you. So as we're parenting each of our kids, we need to be asking ourselves, are they ready to hear the truth I'm about to share? Because if I've lost their heart, maybe I need to pause my little sermon or my little lecture, and I need to spend time investing in that heart-to-heart relationship first so that when they will open up their hearts to me, then I can give them truth and speak that truth in love. There are times when, whether I'm disciplining my children or I'm trying to decide, you know, should I show compassion in this situation? Should I lay the, the law down? And I come back to, do I have their hearts right now? If I don't have their hearts, I need to focus in on that uh, because I want them to hear and receive what I have to say. After we finished War Room, we entered into a season of prayer saying, Lord, what would you have us to do next? We did rest for a while. And then as we sought the Lord, the Lord began turning our hearts toward identity, specifically your identity in Christ. Um, it's, it's amazing to me how all of us have ambition at some point or another. We're chasing things with our heart and are chasing things with our life. But when we have our identity in him, when the creator gets to define his creation, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm fully embracing the fact that I'm created and loved by God and that the fullest version of myself is when I find myself in him, um, that became the, the driving force for uh, this movie, Overcomer. And so the movie follows characters uh, uh, in, in the film in a small town after the largest plant in town shuts down and half the town moves away. And, and so the school is kind of gutted and these teachers are floundering. The coach, I play a coach in this film, he loses his best player. So he, of course he's frustrated. And, and for him... Uh, even as a Christian, he's wallowing and floundering for a while until someone points out, you obviously do not find your identity in Christ first because you're floundering. Christ hasn't changed. You know, your salvation hasn't changed, you know, but you're, you're, you're struggling. Are you putting your identity in the right thing? And he learns, I haven't been. I, I, I've, I've had Jesus as fourth or fifth down the list, And I've had my job and my success as the number one thing that I believe establishes my identity. Well, anything we put our identity in other than what the Lord intends for us is going to fail us. And we're going to flounder. We're not always going to be successful at what we do. We're all aging. At some point, we have to pass the torch. 
And so if your identity is in Christ, is in something eternal, if your identity is in anything else, eventually you're going to be disappointed. And so this movie talks about finding your identity in the, in the one who created you, in the one that knows you more than anyone, that loves you more than anyone, that knows your future, that understands your past and, and who you really are. And so overcomer, for us to overcome the world is, is, is when I first put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and I walk with him daily and I'm trusting in him daily. I'm taking up my cross and I'm saying, Lord, whatever you have for me to do, that's what I want to do. And when my identity and my, and my motives and my ambition follow what the Lord assigns me to do, that is a successful life. Not even by man's de, you know, determination. That's, that's what God calls successful. You follow me. And no matter what happens, you put your faith in me. So when I, uh, as a Christian filmmaker, started working on Overcomer with Stephen and my other brother, Shannon, I had to ask myself working on this, Lord, if I never make another film, mm -hmm. do I know who I am? If you take away any ability to write scripts or to act or to ever do anything, any other production again, do I still know who I am? I would ask anybody, whatever your occupation is, especially for men, if the Lord takes away your occupation, do you still know who you are? Because that is an indication, is my identity placed in the right thing? And so um, Overcomer talks about when we face all these hurdles in life, and especially issues of faith and, and the heart, when we wallow too much, that's an indication we're not finding our contentment and our identity in the one who created us. And so uh, we believe Overcomer is a very inspirational a heart-touching film that asks very pertinent questions, especially in this day and age when the culture wants to redefine identity, when the culture wants to say it's all about your feelings or it's all about what we say you are. And we would say, no, the creator gets to define his creation. And you will find the best version and fullest version of yourself when you find yourself in Christ. We have a wall in our office, uh, and it is our wall of remembrance. In the movie War Room, Miss Clara has this wall of remembrance of all these different pictures and things that illustrate answered prayer in her life. And uh, we have that in our office. And every one of these photos is a, a picture and, and a vivid illustration of a story where God stepped in and he answered a prayer in our lives. And so it's very encouraging to see that. Uh, scripture says, make known the deeds of the Lord, the greatness of the Lord. In Philippians 4, it says, instead of being worried or anxious about anything, we need to pray about everything, but it says, do it with thanksgiving. So when I am thanking the Lord for his faithfulness in the past, when I'm remembering those answers to prayer, when I'm remembering uh, all that he's done in my life in the past, it really strengthens my faith to then pray towards the future into whatever the burden is right now in front of me or the problem. And to pray in faith, believing and knowing that God is going to continue to be faithful in my life. And scripture says, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will come over our hearts and our minds when we do that. And so I can tell when I'm not prayed up and the anxiety and the worry is coming over me. And I'm beginning to be restless and I'm wanting to be performance. I got to check more boxes today. I got to get more done. And it's not really satisfying me because I'm trying to carry the weight on my own shoulders. But I'm supposed to cast my cares upon the Lord. And I can tell that when I really pray through things, thanking him for his faithfulness in the past and casting my cares upon him, there is a peace that comes over me in that situation.